0: media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. What is up, everybody? We are back yet again. This is From Screen to Shelf. My name is Will. I am joined by these two wonderful gentlemen, Gabe and Chase, for part up. two. Part two of our cult film discussion. We're going to be talking about more cult movies. We, we, we did a first round of this uh, on last week's podcast, and we said, you know what? Let's just keep going. Because there's so many cult movies out there. There's so many underappreciated films. Not that they're not appreciated now, but uh, at the time. And uh, we got a lot more to cover. So who knows? Maybe we'll even do a part three of this down the line. What do you guys think?
1: <laughs> Next week. Probably. The we'll yeah, yeah, we'll rest of the year.
2: <laughs> cult films
1: for
0: the rest of 2024. We're just giving up on, on everything else.
2: Maybe uh, Chase and I will finally get through our stack of movies we need to watch. <laughs> yeah. Will, yeah. will was like super disappointed in us
1: before we started the podcast. but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had like four different ones. Nope. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it. No, nope. yeah, like I have four seen different it. titles in these. Oh, I haven't
0: seen it. Oh, yeah, I actually haven't seen that one either. Oh, cool. We're on a roll, man. It's <laughs> great, yeah. it will make for well, a good versus. Well, you know versus. what though? That'll be fuel for your ver- yeah, that'll be fuel for your versus videos. Now it'll accept it'll be YouTube versus me. <laughs> um, you both have we to give you opinions. We can do
2: that. I am down for that um, 100%.
0: But yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna keep talking about cult movies. We each have, I think, three movies this mm-hmm. go around, and then I'm assuming we'll each uh, chase. I know you do, Gabe. I'm not sure about you. I, I'll I'll throw some out there to some honorable mentions towards the end of the uh, discussion here. Um, but let's open it up, Chase. I want to have you start. So go ahead with your first pick, and we'll we'll get right into it without without any further ado.
1: Yeah, this one is actually. Um probably up there in my top three animated movies of all time and if you haven't seen this movie, whenever you turn it on um, this is actually one of the most sampled soundtracks in hip hop of all time and this is going to be La Planet Sauvage or Fantastic Planet by Rene Lalou. It is a French animated film. It is about giants of blue people, aliens, and essentially just think of like ants were as big as people and people were the size of ants that's kind of how the world is right but the soundtrack is literally top three soundtracks of all time um i'm almost positive a really really big name hip-hop artists uh, throughout time every few years this this soundtrack's being sampled uh whenever i first listened to it, i was like dang that sounds so familiar then went down a rabbit hole and i kid you not it's probably 10 or 15 different like platinum hits that have been sampled by this soundtrack it is great um it is very very good there is no box office returns on this movie um i can't even find a budget on it um it is a very short movie it runs an hour and uh 11 minutes it came out in december of 1973 and the animation style is very very similar to um heavy metal where it's a, it looks a lot more hand drawn, a lot more rough and stuff like that. Um, not like South Park type of cardboard cutouts, but it almost looks cardboard ish a little bit and pastel ish at the same time. It's a very beautiful film. It's very well made. It has a great story. It's about oppression and the like, you know, revolution and stuff like that, rising up against like tyranny. Um, and it, it's pretty tight for its runtime. It's, it's very emotional, it's very sentimental. Uh, I think it it genuinely strikes every single chord. I'm surprised by the amount of people that haven't seen this. I'm eagerly anticipating this did get a Blu-ray release from Criterion, uh, I want to say about 10-12 years ago, and it needs to come out in 4K. This is a movie that needs to be put out in 4K. The HDR would just absolutely elevate it, an Atmos track with that soundtrack on there would just absolutely elevate it to an unreal degree or even like a really really properly restored 5.1 would just sound insane on this movie um i don't believe this individual has done much else um time masters and gandahar um gandahar actually i have seen high recommendation of that one that one did really, really well in the box office, uh, or it did not do really well at the box office. Five and a half million dollar budget and only made 370,000. So definitely mm-hmm. didn't do well. But Gandahar, shout out Gandahar yeah. as well. I didn't know that was by Renee, um, but it's fantastic. Can't say enough good things about it. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, right? Gabe, I know you haven't seen it. I have not seen <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> 100% I have not seen it.
0: Yeah, Gabe, you should check it out. I think I think Rolling Stone, didn't they rank it like one of the best animated films, or somebody ranked it one of the like, Top fifty animated films of all time, I think.
1: And it's um, deserved.
0: But I think I had like I don't know if it was a DVD or the Blu-ray, but I had it. I had the Criterion edition of this. Um yeah. I don't I don't have it down here. I'd have to check upstairs and see if it's up with the rest of them, but I don't I don't think I have it any longer. But um I was actually doing some reading while you were talking, Chase, and this is kind of interesting because I don't know if you guys have ever played the game Pikmin back in the day. Yeah. Pikmin, oh yeah, yeah. Apparently this was heavily inspired, or heavily inspired, the designing of the world of those games, which is kind of cool because I remember playing those. I mean, this is years ago, but as GameCube um, days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, God, now we're dating ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, man, that takes me back. But yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's interesting too because it is such a a shorter runtime. Like, what did you say? An hour and
1: twelve minutes, Chase. Seventy-one minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's pretty pretty tight. And it uh, got 36 on that Rolling Stone. I was looking that up while you were talking, and it ranked 36 oh, on the Rolling okay. Stones thing. So that's great. That's really good. That's yeah, very solid.
0: I didn't find anything about the box office other than the fact that, um, I, I guess in France, it got like 800,000 admissions. So we yeah. can take that for what it was. But um, yeah, it's it's funny. There's not a lot of information regarding how it did financially. But I, this was a co-production, I guess, between... Um, yeah, I guess it's a, a Czech film and a France uh production, hmm. uh, yeah. French production. So that's interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah, really good. Um I that that's a movie that just for the soundtrack alone, you know, like mm. it, it's just so good. Like the 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 strings in there that come on during the eerier moments and stuff like that. It's mm. just good. Like I turn on the soundtrack religiously at this point. It's just so good. Um very well done. That's a movie that yeah, I, I I'm clamoring for a 4K. Now that we've got Conan and Toxic Avenger, that's literally my most wanted 4K out there, other than Ninja Turtles at this point. But yeah, Fantastic cool. Planet, really really good.
0: I'm wondering if there's a I'm sure there's a vinyl soundtrack of that that you can pick up somewhere. That's probably worth a little bit of money. Yeah, I see it here. Oh that's really? Cool. Oh that yeah they that got was a vinyl clean. edition yeah, that Which looks really cool. good. Cool cover art too. I yeah, I love the I love the um I love the designs of the the characters. Yeah, they're
1: great. They look that's like a very sweet. simplified version of Abe Sapien from Hellboy with red eyes. I was <laughs> okay. That is actually a really good way to describe it. That's that's right up there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, that vinyl well, looks good. But um, yeah, who's got their first pick up next? I'm excited to hear it. Gabe, why don't you go next
0: and throw throw what you got out there? Yeah, man, I had
2: a few uh, up here. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this one just because this is one I'm actually divisive about. But I wanted to bring it up just because I know it's it's a very popular cult movie. I actually just saw it a few years ago, and maybe I just need to watch it again. But um, my selection is Fight Club. Uh, so fight club, um, I think when it came out, just had weird, uh, it had a pretty polarizing reception when I was reading about it when, like when I first saw it, I think it was like really polarized and I think it actually underperformed at the box office as well. Um, Mm -hmm. it just started developing kind of a fan base and a following as the years went on. I think when, when it came out on DVD and Blu-ray, um, over time, people just started kind of analyzing the film in terms of it being kind of this like, you know, weird, you know, anti-fascists, you know, movie. And it, and it's it's a really quirky. I think Chase would actually love it. Chase had mentioned he had never seen it. I think you would actually love Fight Club, Chase. Um, yeah. It's just, I, it, you could definitely tell it's a movie of its time. Do you guys know what year that uh, Fight Club came out? Wasn't it early? I want to say, I, I don't know why I'm thinking 97. See, 99, here it is. Yeah, 99. No, okay. So this is like, yeah, like turn of the century, kind of like you can definitely feel like it's it's really kind of a a movie of its time where it's kind of like mm-hmm. focus on this generation and also like transitioning to the new generation. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just it's a really quirky film and I don't want to spoil it for Chase. It's hard talking about it without spoiling it for Chase. But but the end. Um, I think that's kind of like where it got me, where you kind of find there's a little twist at the end when everything kind of wraps up and, um, it, it makes you think for sure. I think that it really does a number on you and you really have to, it forces you to kind of reflect on the movie and, and tell you like, Hey, you need to watch this again and kind of, you know, see the little clues here and there, the subtle clues that this is how it actually played out. Um, and Brad Pitt does an amazing job in the movie, um, it's just, I don't know, man. It just didn't hit with me. I don't know why. I, I like the the film's message. I, I like the kind of anti fascist approach it takes. And I think I, I remember reading an article from David Fincher, him talking about how this is kind of a movie about how we as a society have evolved from like, you know, primal hunters, right, and and you know, primitive colonies to a society where we're just shopping and we're focused on materialistic crap and and mm-hmm. consumerism and all of that. And that's where we are now and how we're not really kind of engineered to adapt into a society mm-hmm. that way, uh, which is a really interesting analysis of the movie. It's just a really quirky movie. And that's why I know Chase would actually freaking love it his first time watching it. Um, But it's definitely one I think I need to watch again. I own it on Blu-ray and I, 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 need, I think it deserves a second viewing for sure. Um, But it's, yeah, I just was super divided on. I don't know how, Will, do you like Fight Club? Is that a movie that you enjoy watching?
0: I actually, I was going to say, I own the Blu-ray as well, and I'm probably going to try to check it out again soon. I mean, I have a feeling we're going to get a 4K of that sometime soon, soon if not this yeah. year, then, then next year. I mean, it's 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 bound to happen, especially with, um, <laughs> with 7 being released this year. Um, but yeah, as far as my thoughts on it, I mean, I, I liked it originally. Again, it was one of those things where I, I remember at the time, People who had seen it were like, "Oh, you know, the ending's gonna drive you insane." Like, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of questions I had uh, coming out of it. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a visually, it's a very interesting movie. I, I guess I kind of find that it's not one of those movies that I I go to again and again. Like I said, I have the Blu-ray. I haven't seen it in years. It's been a while, mm-hmm. um. So I definitely want to revisit it because I think it's worth a rewatch just to see how I feel about it now. Uh, that it's been probably four or five years since I've seen it. Same. Um, but yeah, Chase, it, it, it's hard to really talk about it without giving, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give too much away because it yeah. really, I mean, the ending, Um, you know, w- what happens in the film, it really plays into that ending. And it is it is like a, so it's very out there in terms of the twist. It's, it's, I think, one of the most unexpected endings I think I've ever seen in a movie. So I'll give yeah. it that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I remember liking it overall, um, you know, it's, it's got a lot of quotable and, and
3: Mm. I
0: guess we could say memorable moments, but yeah, it's a film I haven't seen in many years. So I'm interested to see what I would think about it if I were to watch it again. So I'll probably throw that on the watch list at some point soon, throw the Blu-ray in and see, see what I think.
2: Yeah. And it's, and I'm curious, like you said, well, it's, I haven't seen it for four or five years either. So I I Mm. don't know if either the times that we're living in or also just me having watched a whole bunch of different movies since then, maybe my taste in movies has, has changed a little bit. Maybe I might look at it a little bit different. You know what I mean? Cause I do think it's a film of its time. I, I definitely see it kind of like if you know, a turn of the century movie, you know what I mean? It's definitely kind of right. that. And I, and I'm curious to see, you know, if I watch it now, how I would feel about it. But yeah, it does definitely build up towards that kind of ending scene and Mm -hmm. it's definitely it's definitely like a culmination of the whole movie so it's hard to talk about it without talking about the ending but uh put that on the top of your stack chase (laughs) wherever it's at just like just put it at the very top
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 like i haven't even opened it (laughs) i think it dropped on amazon to like four bucks dude and that's when i bought it Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen it for like five bucks, four bucks
2: on Amazon. Yeah. It's pretty cheap. And I mean, I, I and maybe I think we should maybe be near like the 25th anniversary, like, you know, for, for a 4K soon. So um, yeah, that would be I'll, I'll definitely I'll purchase it again. It's not a movie that I, I don't think I'd be like, you know, I'm never going to buy it again or, you know, I'll just stay with the Blu-ray. I'll definitely purchase the 4K and rewatch it again. But um hmm. It's definitely one of those movies that just didn't stick with me the first time. And maybe it's just one of those movies you need to rewatch kind of like the the first episode we were talking about Clockwork Orange, how for sure that movie didn't stick with me or resonate with me the first viewing. Um, and it was after repeat viewings that I just fell in love with it. So maybe that's Fight Club for me. Um, but yeah, that one's kind of I, I wanted to bring that one up, one up just because it's a little bit divisive. It's not like I love it, but it, I just have kind of mixed feelings about it.
0: I'll say another thing, too. It's one of those movies, too. It is based on a novel. I think the novel came out sometime in the mid-90s. I don't know why. That's why I thought maybe the film was released earlier than it was. I said 1997, Mm. but I think I'm thinking of the novel because I'm going back. I'm I'm trying to remember. I think the novel was probably 96 or 97. I think I'm getting that release date confused with the
2: uh, Yeah, 96 for the novel, it says. So 96 for the novel, 99 for the movie. So it was pretty much back-to-back.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how much they changed from the novel, but it was uh, I was just going to say it's one of those movies where I always wanted to read the novel just to see how much they actually um deviated, you know, from it, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that warrants a rewatch, dude, for sure. Yeah,
2: and the performances are great. I mean, like Brad Pitt does an amazing job. Helena Bonham Carter's good in it. I'm going through the yeah. cast here. Obviously, freaking uh, Edward Norton does an amazing job. Like, I mean, the cast is solid and the screenplay is solid too. It's just kind of It elicits kind of like mixed emotions, at least when I saw it. Uh, But I could see how people are like, this is totally, you know, one of the greatest movies of that decade. Um, Mm. But I I need to rewatch it again. But that's my pick. It's Fight Club. uh, He was on a run,
0: man. Like Fight Club. He did American History X like around that same time period. I think before Fight Club, he did. Well, Fight Club was 99. Do you guys remember Mm -hmm. that movie Primal Fear? I don't want to get too much off topic, but I think think so. Was was that
2: before? He, uh, it was before.
0: I'm. I'm pretty sure that was like 1994. No, not 1994. Probably like mid 90s, like 95 yeah. or 96.
1: Yeah, it was 96. Uh, With Richard Gere?
0: he was great in that. But yeah, I mean, Ed Norton was on a run. You know, like in the the mid to late 90s, that was like when his career pretty much took off. So yeah, pretty pretty solid performance from from him in Fight Club, and I mean Brad Pitt. That's probably one of his most notable performances of the mm-hmm. 90s is, is tyler durden so
2: yeah for sure but yeah that's my pick and i you know like i said i, I chose it just because it is kind of a a mixed reaction pick i'd be curious in people commenting down below to see if they love fight club as much as other people or if they're kind of like me where it was kind of like eh, it was all right but mm-hmm. comment down below guys and let us know will what's your uh pick for your cult, cult movie the first one
0: Um, So I actually, we were talking before we started uh, rolling here. I I wanted to mention this on the last episode, Um, and it was actually one that I had thought of, but I didn't end up putting it on my list, but I'll throw it out now. And uh, it's another John Carpenter film. It's Big Trouble in Little China, uh, which is one of my favorite movies. And, I mean, this movie, Chase, I'd say this movie, if I could compare it with any other film, uh, in terms of the following that it has, I say it's right up there with films like Halloween 3 um, in, in terms of the love that people have for it. And I got to say, I mean, I, I want to do an episode on John Carpenter some, somewhere down the line with you guys because looking into the releases of some of his movies, I swear, he he has like the worst luck when it comes to box office releases. At least like after Halloween, going into the 80s, Escape from New York was somewhat successful, but we talked about The Thing and and what happened with that, with Mm. with the uh, release coinciding with, like, major movies. And Big Trouble in Little China, it's one of those movies that I think suffers from the same thing. Uh, In 1986, that's the same year that Aliens was released. When this movie was uh, being promoted, people were still pretty much caught up in the hype of Aliens. I think Aliens was released, like, Two or three weeks after Big Trouble in Little China, and mm. essentially this movie just failed uh, due to that. Um, it was, I think, it was a twenty or twenty-five million dollar budget. The film only made about eleven million, so it was mm. ki- uh, considered a yeah. bomb at the box office. But I think another thing that this film has going for it that was just misunderstood at the time was kind of the role reversal between the. The, the leads in the movie. So you have Kurt Russell as Jack Burton, and then you have Dennis Dunn, who's a fantastic martial artist and, and great, great actor uh, playing Wang, who is kind of Jack Burton's sidekick, except it's interesting because Carpenter takes the kind of like the buddy cop dynamic, but he flips it on its head, right? So, you know, Jack Burton is kind of advertised and promoted as the so-called leading man. But what's funny is he he has like this kind of like John Wayne-esque kind of attitude, um, but it's more of like a satire, as far as his performance is concerned, on like the John Wayne archetype, I guess we can say. Mm. Um, it's and what's interesting is Jack Burton; he takes a back seat to Dennis Dunn's character. Um, mm. As as everything unfolds, we find out, and you know, I I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this movie because again, I think there's a lot going on here, and in terms of the structure, like Carpenter plays around with that a lot, but that's one of the main things that he kind of flips on its side is that role reversal between who we think is the actual leading man uh, and the hero um, and who ends up taking that role over uh, which is Dennis Dunn's character it's it's kind of funny like Dennis Dunn is really the guy that's there to kick ass and Jack Burton's almost like on the side like providing his satirical commentary on the whole situation so um, it's an interesting dynamic but I think it's one that was just misunderstood at the time and and we got to think about it in the time frame of, or I guess we can say in the context, uh, context of what people were expecting in the 80s. You know, Carl Weathers just passed away, rest in peace. But yeah, I, in I'm peace. thinking back to that time period when you have action movies like Rambo, when you have Arnold, you know, Conan and Terminator and all these other films that are coming out at the time, you know, the action films of the 80s. I just think from a movie like this, from an action adventure film, people were expecting something that they didn't get. And I think that led to uh, the underperformance of the film, in addition to obviously being released you know, two and a half weeks before Aliens, which is one of the biggest sequels of all time, one of the mm-hmm. biggest movies of the decade. So um, Big Trouble in Little China, that's my pick. I just think it's a totally misunderstood movie, but it's one that has gained such a cult following today. I mean, I got the poster right on the wall, so you guys Hell know yeah. I'm a huge fan of this movie. Um, and yeah, I mean, just... Kudos to John Carpenter. Incredible soundtrack, incredible set design. I mean, there's so many things about this movie that somebody can appreciate. Even if you're not necessarily a fan of the film, uh, technically, I guess I could say, there's so much going on and there's so much to appreciate. He really kind of takes like the Western genre, and it's also like an action-adventure film, but it's a martial arts movie as well. There's so many things going on. There's, there's science fiction elements in there. Um, Chase there's even some elements of it, it's interesting because he kind of takes like the sword and sandal approach but it's more so in, in line with like Chinese mythology and, and mysticism cool. which is kind of cool so you yeah. have that whole thing going on there's just there's so much going on in this movie that it's it's hard not to appreciate just how grand uh, the scope was uh, in, in terms of Carpenter's uh, vision for it so I have to throw Big Trouble in there and uh, that's yeah that's my first pick We I definitely want to do a retrospective down the line i think that would be a cool thing to do especially with carpenter's movies because like i said i I just feel like he has just bad luck yeah um with with some of the films especially during the 80s with with this one and the thing both underperforming but it's interesting because they obviously both found new life uh on -hmm. home video uh after the fact
1: so that's my first pick I'm down. It's um I think I said this before we rolled. That's one of the two. The only I haven't seen Assault on Precinct 13. I've even seen that one with Amber Heard before that oh, one the what was ward? it. The <laughs> Ward The Ward, man. That movie <laughs> the was ward not or something? good. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I, I don't know how I've managed to see that before I've seen before come Big come <laughs> Little China. But yeah, it's I don't definitely yeah. I've seen the ward
0: from start to finish.
1: <laughs> Dude, actually I thought it was pretty decent on an off-topic note. It's just the yeah. it was good goofy as hell the last 10 minutes and not in a good way man it was just not good man yeah he could have yeah. did better i think it would have been better had he made it in the 80s it, that's kind of what it came out as you know what i mean like it's a yeah. movie that was meant for 30 years ago but came out 30 years past the time that that movie would have done well right but um, it's yeah to be i'll watch it i i saw i saw i rented
2: it actually when i when that came out the ward um, oh yeah it's how i, I don't watch don't... it not Tubi. Uh, to Tuby. I, I actually yeah. saw it when it came out um like I don't know if it was blockbuster or redbox at the time but we had rented it and it it's <laughs> it, it's a non-memorable movie for sure. Like I barely yeah. remember half of it. I remember Amber heard. I remember like it was it was pretty corny in some yeah. scenes. Like it was super mm-hmm. It's super non-memorable and unfortunately, but yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp as you, Chase. I've actually seen that, and I have not seen <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China, which is kind of like Will's about to leave right now. I'm just, uh, <laughs> just completely lost faith in humanity yeah. right now. That's all. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, you know what? I think I, I got a couple extra copies lying around. Maybe I'll I'll see if I can whip something up for you guys and get them out to you because so it's nice. actually. I don't know if you guys are TV. interested in it, but I, I, I don't know if Shout is still having the sale. It was recently on sale on a Scream Factory for like fifteen bucks for the Blu-ray, which isn't bad. I think and they're, they're discontinuing like a, it. They oh, are they? Yeah, it's going, it's going out of print.
2: Yeah. Um, He's
1: about and to buy
0: it. the
2: interesting thing, yeah, I mean, the physical. <laughs> I'm like shit. Let me just get it but, then.
0: But the interesting thing about it is, there's there's a lot of speculation as to what's going to happen regarding a 4K release because it's 20th Century Fox. They're the rights holders to Big mm. Trouble in Little China, along with you know movies like The Omen and, and The Fly and 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 some others. And seeing as the Blu-rays are soon to be or, or nearing out of print status, uh, people are curious as to whether or not you know they're going to get 4K releases if Disney's going to be willing to. Um, you know, let someone take the reins and, uh, and release them on 4k. So, but yeah, Big Trouble, it, it's one of those movie that's kind of stuck in that, that limbo right now with, uh with 20th century studios and Disney. So, but again, if you guys are fans of Carpenter's other work, I mean, I will say in terms of everything that's going on in this movie, it's definitely his most ambitious film. I, I think it's, I think it's most separate from the rest of his body of work in terms of horror because this is nowhere near a horror movie. This is, like, a straight action-adventure, you know, science fiction, mm-hmm. you know, martial arts. Um, there's even, like, there's, like, comedic elements in it as well. Like I said, with with um, Kurt Russell's character, Jack Burton, he's kind of playing this John Wayne-esque, like, satirical version of uh, a typical, like, American hero, you know? So... Uh, it's a, just an interesting dynamic, but it's a stacked cast as well like Kim Cattrall's in this movie, uh Dennis Dunn who had a few roles in the 80s but I mean he's he's probably most known for this movie. but James Hong is David Lopan, one of the most notorious villains um of the time, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, the soundtrack slaps as well. so I would highly recommend you guys check this out we gotta we gotta get you guys to watch this
2: yeah definitely i'll buy yeah it's not on sale anymore but if it's gonna go out of print i'll probably just buy it yeah i would keep an eye out
0: for it i mean you can you can probably find it on amazon too i don't think um it's only available on shout factory i would check some other retailers i think too, amazon yeah it's case, 26
2: but... on amazon too oh damn it's even more on yeah. amazon is that how I much it is on shout right now 20 shout 22 on shout yeah it's actually yeah, damn. Down.
0: It was weird. It was like fifteen, like a week ago, because I I saw uh, I was watching a video and someone was talking about out of print titles and it was on there. I was like, oh, let me go online and see what what's going on on Shout Factory, and I saw it listed for fifteen. It's weird that they changed the price.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
2: I'll probably get it. Maybe maybe the next two weeks we can schedule like a retrospect kind of. Uh episode on it because it it is a movie that's kind of just like flown under the radar for me and i've seen tons of people talk about it especially like the past two years um and i mean kurt russell's fucking awesome i love anything that kurt Kurt russell's in so i'll I'll check it out Uh, maybe we could plan like before the month is out do kind of a retrospect on uh big trouble little china it'd be cool yeah hell yeah
0: cool all right chase we're heading back to you we're, we're spinning around to you so what's your second pick for your
1: uh, uh cult film i actually changed it four times while we were talking it wasn't what we originally <laughs> ran through so i changed it uh i don't know just swords and sandals have been on my mind lately or swords and fantasy so hmm. here is a um movie by peter yates it came out in 1983 it had a budget of about thirty million dollars. It says twenty-seven to thirty, and it pulled in seventeen million. Um, I want to say Liam Neeson's in this movie too. I want to say he is, but it's Kroll. K R U um, L cool. L. Yeah, have you have you seen it? You've seen it, Will? You had to have.
0: Um. Oh, Kroll You're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's so good. It's actually Holy got a shit, very. I forgot
0: all about that movie. <laughs>
2: Dude, this, yeah. I've actually seen this movie. Dude, have you really? <laughs> yes. But I mean, this is like back in the day, bro. I saw this like freaking when I was like 11 or 12 <laughs> years old. I looked at the poster just now. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? The
1: volcanic eyes. I forgot what the, yeah, the plot dude. is of that. But the volcano with the eyes essentially in a mouth, like vampire's teeth and stuff. Yeah, it looks really cool. And he's got like a cool little glaive in his hand, you know, like three blades on it. And he just throws it around. And, you know, it's kind of your typical the princess needs to be saved. The land's yeah. been sieged, kind of swords and sorcery type of approach. But it's also got a little bit of a futuristic vibe to it at the same time. It's got like that, you know, like a little bit of sci-fi elements in that category. And I just remember um I was just browsing through um, trying to find something. I don't I think it was actually put out by the studio, the Blu-ray that I have. I was browsing deals and it was on Amazon for like six bucks many years ago. So I just pulled the trigger. I was like, that poster looks crazy cool. Bye. It yeah, was there the, the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just really, really good uh, to give the, like the quick film synopsis. Uh, Cause I really, re- I only remember like the last half of it. Cause it is a pretty slow build at the very beginning. Um, it, It's essentially, so it's about how like there's, their, their son will rule their get ga- Like the, how, how do you freaking describe this damn movie, man? <laughs> Dude, like, how do I explain? I this just thing, remember
2: but... like teleporting to some like alien like freaking yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was like a castle or fortress or something. Yeah,
0: some kind of castle that like I don't know if it's on the okay. I don't I don't even uh, know if it's man. on Earth or not. It's whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever planet they're on because I remember there I don't know if it's the guy's bride or like she's a queen or whatever. Yeah, it's it. like she's, king and like, queen dynamic in the castle. Yeah. Yeah, and and I don't again. I think the castle that's like the antagonists that are in the castle who I'm assuming yeah. are like the alien invaders mm-hmm. or whoever the bad guys are, and they have to go or break into the castle to rescue her and escape. Uh, that's all that I remember. I just need to get that like some crystals
2: like... or something to like or yeah. a glass or there's like a glass to see through or something where you could like. Teleport and see through thing. I don't remember. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's like so long ago. Dude.
1: That was like one of my favorite things. Was whenever they get into that castle, the set design of that was super, super awesome. That was mm-hmm. super cool, crazy, um, set design. But um, yeah, it's um, you know, it it did absolutely horribly, but a <laughs> box office wise. But it's just really, really, really cool. Um, yeah, I I, I absolutely adore movies like these. You know, like movies like that that are s- such high-risk, high high-reward high type of situations, and it didn't pay out. It's almost mm. akin to like Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know if this thing had any... Um, it's not like Liam Neeson is today. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson, this was one of his first roles, as far as I remember. This movie came out in 83, so it's an older mm. movie. But like that kind of set design, the intricacies put into everything, the screenplay was pretty solid. Everything about it, man, it, even the main character and their acting was really, 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 really good. Uh, um, but yeah, Chase, I don't know. I'm,
0: I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. Cause I, I remember, like, I think the effects in this movie are actually not like, they're actually halfway decent. Like, I don't know if this yeah. is the movie. I don't know if there's a spider in this movie. I'm trying to yeah. remember, but I think there's a scene with like a spider. Yeah. Like they have to go in and they fight. Um, I remember it being kind of like creepy
2: actually. Like, um, yeah. Where you get like tangled look up. It up. Oh, dude! Yeah, I just looked at the spider. I remember the spider. It's like spider. it's like a it's like a white translucent kind of looking spider. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. dude. I remember. Dude, but I remember. The was I, great
1: in this movie, man.
2: I gotta watch this again. I remember, I, I I would see it like I think it was like on TV sometimes, and I would watch it. Like it was mm. just like replayed a lot on TV. I don't I don't know why, but that's where I remember seeing it as a kid. Yeah, like, that huh. spider
0: actually looks, like... It looks pretty really cool. good. Yeah.
1: Like, you know That's how, like, in some older movies, whenever you'd have CGI, like, light beams? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Star Wars style. Like, mm-hmm. Star Wars obviously looks good, but, like, it just it sticks out like a sore thumb. When it happens mm-hmm. in this movie, it actually looks really good. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, the CGI, whenever you can tell. It looks really good, very fluid. Yeah, I mean, check it out. It's a little bit of a longer one. It's over two hours, but... Hmm. um definitely worth a check out um anybody that's let me go ahead and look it up see where it's streaming at i know you can see this is what's Blue so Ray. funny though
0: because like the three of us have seen this and this is a movie <laughs> that i would
1: not expect all of
0: us to have <laughs> I, <laughs> dude to but i just it's just point. like
2: it's just like yeah i watched this passively as a kid i don't know why or how but yeah. i remember as soon as chase started talking about it, i'm like what the fuck like wait hold on one <laughs> second i started googling and i'm like i've seen this
1: yeah it's really it's good got- it's a very fun movie, but yeah, I'm glad we all saw that. But not Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> Chase shameful. is gonna look for Absolutely two few other shameful. podcast
2: hosts. <laughs> shameful. Oh man,
1: good choice. What's dude. your second one, uh, Gabe? I took you down memory lane with that one. I blasted he you like did way a nostalgia,
2: back. bro. Well, this one, this one's a nostalgia for me too. I don't know, and I didn't even ask you guys. I mean, I, so I chose Friday as my cult oh, yeah. movie. I mean, I'm assuming yep. you guys have seen Friday, right? right yeah so yeah (laughs) (laughs) dude (laughs) friday is just when and and i know we're gonna do we're talking about doing an episode of just kind of hangout movies and that would definitely fall in the realm of of a hangout Mm -hmm. movie but i just love this movie so much just because it's it's so casual this is like Mm -hmm. literally what you i mean like obviously no one's gonna you know, have a drive by happen in the middle of the day. But like, it, it's such a casual kind of hangout movie where you're like, this is what your friends could be doing on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the whole freaking thing with, what was the bully's name? Debo, I think is his name, right? The bigger oh, dude. Debo, yeah. yeah, Debo. The stuff with Debo and freaking um, uh, Chris Tucker, dude, it, it's just, it's just a freaking hilarious movie. And this is, I think this was Ice Cube's first role, right? I don't think he had taken another role prior to this. I'm not sure. sure. Um, yeah, I have to check on that. I think that was his first role. I got to double check. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, guys, I mean, feel free to. Oh no, he was in Boys in the Hood. He wrote the movie. Boys in
0: the Hood was yeah, that was before. That was ninety
2: one. Yeah, so he did Boys yeah. in the Hood. I'm looking through his. He he did what is this movie? I'd never heard of it. CB four. I got to double check that, but, um, yeah, Friday, dude. I didn't. And I didn't know who said he wrote it. Was that you, Chaser? Or... Yeah. I did not know that he wrote this. He so he, he was co-writer on this movie. Yeah, he co-wrote the movie. I did not yeah. know that. But I mean, yeah, dude, it's just a freaking hilarious movie. And just the way everything pans out at the end and um, just all the silly characters. And I mean, they're they're all exaggerated. Debo, I mean, his dad, uh, you know, Chris Tucker's character. Like, they're all just so much fun. And it's like a movie I could literally play in the background, and I know like I, I almost know most of the words of the movie, but like anytime I like, could just pop in and just watch a little bit of it. I know what part it is. I know what they're doing. And it's it's such a fun movie that I feel like it. it's a lot of movies have taken from that kind of formula since then. You know what I mean? I know we mentioned like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We mentioned um, I think we, we were we talking about Dude, Where's My Car? Last time I don't remember if we were talking about that movie.
0: We may have we may have brought it up. I think we yeah. brought it up when we were talking about Hangout movies, but I don't know if that
2: was after the role
0: or not. I don't yeah. remember. But yeah, yeah. I don't
2: remember. But I just feel like there's so many movies that kind of took that formula from Friday, um, mm. and kind of expanded on it over time. But I mean, it's the original. It's the classic for me, dude. And I just I remember watching this movie growing up with my cousins. We'd watch it all the time. It's it's such a freaking hilarious movie. Um, yeah. and it's it's definitely garnered. I think just new life as it kind of came out on DVD and, and Blu-ray over time. And I, and I'm still waiting. I know there's been rumors about them doing a fourth and final one. Um, mm. but I know Chris Tucker's kind of the holdout for that, but, um, I love, I, lo- I love the sequels too, man. I love next Friday, last Friday, I think it's called Friday after next is the third uh, one.
0: Friday after next. Yeah. Freaking yeah, hilarious. Dude. is
2: coming out the fourth one. That's the one that, yeah, they're waiting for. Right. So, yeah. um, it's just a fun movie, dude. It, it's hard to talk about it almost like in a deep way because there, to me, there is <laughs> there's no deep themes about this movie. There's nothing like you know like to analyze about it. It's just a fun, casual movie to, to watch and, and kick back with. So uh, Friday is my pick, man. Great freaking movie.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of Friday. That's that's definitely one. I mean, we'll talk about that one too more so when we uh, we do our hangout movies episode, whenever that is, but. Um, I want to mention one thing. That guy that plays Debo, I think his name is like Tommy Liston or Tommy Lister Jr. Or um, I think his name was actually Tiny, like that was his nickname. I've seen that dude in so many movies. He was oh, like, dude. he was in that movie <laughs> Armed and Dangerous. He played like the security guard. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. He was one of the characters in that movie. Um, so yeah, shout out to uh, I think his name was. Thomas Lister or Tommy Lister. Yeah, Lister. Um, he
2: he's I think he's typecast in a lot of he was his but movies, dude he's such but... a personality like Oh know, yeah.
0: one of those guys that was like instantly recognizable like growing up and I'd see him, you know, every so often I'd see him pop up in something. Um I think he did some stuff with like I want to say the WWE or like the WWF back in the day, like back in the 90s. Um Yeah, he did. Along he actually lines, did. I remember like that. that.
2: And he was in uh, so, Fifth Element, too, wasn't he? I think
0: you're... Yeah, I uh, Yeah, Let I me think, see. Hold on. Yeah, I think... No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think he was in Fifth Element, too. I'm trying to pull up his... Uh,
2: yep, he was in Fifth Element. his
3: Yeah,
2: he was, he was a cool dude, man. But he was typecast in a lot of stuff. But, I mean, it, yeah. it was always kind of a pleasure seeing him whenever he was in a movie. Just because, like you said, he was kind of like this fun, kind of spontaneous personality.
0: Yeah, but Friday's a classic, dude. I mean, it's got like it's just kind of like, there's like comedy in it. There's, there's obviously like, it's, it's weird, right? Because it's pretty much like an open minded, uh, almost like an acceptance of like the drug use and the guns Mm -hmm. and violence as like part of the character's lives. But it just, it looks at it from such a unique perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, Which I think is interesting. So, and you have films like menace to society, which were, I think released within a few years of this movie. I don't know if it was before, or after this, but it's just interesting to have like those different perspectives because you have like a movie like Menace to Society, which is you know incredibly violent and much more of a cynical, yeah. uh, more serious look, um, at, at you know characters involved in that kind of world. And then Friday is much more of a lighthearted, more straightforward, I guess we can say, um, it, it kind of takes more of a comedic, like relaxed approach to that. So
2: I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate it a lot for that matter. Yeah. Solid movie and they need to freaking it, it's not on four K, is it? I don't think it is. No. No, it's not that's it's... one I would buy like day one if they did a four K for it.
0: Yeah, I, I still got the Blu ray from like I don't even remember who put up I, I forget <laughs> it's when ancient, I was ancient bro. but I, I am <laughs> hey, curious. I do, have like, you guys I like, uh... do like a Blu ray video of like all oh my cause I have so many Blu rays that I just haven't seen in so many years because I've just been so busy buying like four K's now. It's like yeah. I forget that like I have I still have a lot of movies on Blu ray.
2: A lot of no. great titles that just haven't had transfers yet. What were you saying, Chase? Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask Have you guys seen Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood? I think you had brought that up last pot. I don't know if it was like while we were rolling or after. Like you had brought so you that up. not you have like, I've never seen it. You well, told you us the story, it? I think, of like your coworkers
1: had you see it, right? Yeah, it was that and Friday, yeah. My coworkers on my birthday sat me down and made me watch it in the back since I hadn't seen (laughs) (laughs) my whole shift. I just watched movies, yeah. that 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 one's hilarious it's hilarious um yeah because it's just it's in like an amalgamation like a blend and parody of all like the hood trope movies that were coming Mm -hmm. out like don't be a mess society and stuff yeah if you haven't seen it just to sell you on this movie it's a wayne's movie you know it's got marlon wayne's in it oh then there's a part where like there's like this truck and there's these people in the back and then they have this car like right here and there's these people standing right here and so they keep pulling out weapons at each other and they keep increasingly getting bigger until the person (laughs) in the car just pulls out a bazooka, (laughs) and it's just goofy. But he's also wearing like pacifiers in his twists and stuff like that and in his locks, and it's just goofy, man. It's a hilarious movie, but yeah, definitely shout out that. It's really funny.
2: That reminded me of, I don't know why, this is totally random, but uh, you guys remember Malibu's Most Wanted? Hell yeah, with that (laughs) one guy from Um, uh, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, man. You when know, you're, yeah, you're, 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 you're talking about the the weapons getting bigger, I don't know why I just started thinking of that movie. That movie's <laughs> freaking uh, hilarious. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah. But yeah, that's my second pick, Friday. Will, what do you got for your number two?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Clue from 1985. Mm. This is one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite mystery movies. It, I, I think it's a fantastic black comedy. I'm not familiar with the director of this. It's a guy named Jonathan Lynn. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember what else I've seen from him. I don't think I've seen much uh, of his filmography at all. But hmm. um, the, the It just got a 4K, thing,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Shout Select actually put out a 4K this, which is fantastic. They actually did a pretty solid job on the transfer. So I would highly recommend, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, to check that out. Um, and they they put it out with a slip cover. You get the standard AMRA with the slip cover um on the the 4K release there so would recommend checking that out but um yeah i mean if you guys i don't know if you guys have played the board game clue it's a game that mm-hmm. my family used to play we used to play it all the time it was like if it wasn't like monopoly or scrabble we would have clue like that was one of the first games i remember playing with uh with my siblings and my parents as a kid like growing up um and it was just so much fun and then you know when we figured out there was a movie like when i discovered there was a movie it was like one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. Um, And I'm pretty sure so this movie was I think it was mid 80s when it came out 1985 or 1986. Um, Distributed by Paramount it was like a $15 million budget. It did not make uh, a lot of money it was considered considered a failure. Um, I think it only ended up grossing like 13 or 14 million. So it was just short of the production budget. Um, But yeah, there's so many at the time, anyway, I was a big fan of this guy called Lee Ving, and I had seen Lee Ving. He was, he was one of those like punk rock guys. He had a, a band called Fear, and he it was interesting because I had seen him in, in a few different films like just randomly, uh, and he played Mr. Body in Clue. Um, but you had Tim Curry in there, who was Wadsworth, the butler, who was just a fantastic performance. You had Madeline Kahn in there as well, Colleen Camp. Um, I think the guy's name was was Michael McKean. I'm trying to remember the guy that played. I think his. I think he was Mr. Green.
2: Yeah, he was Mr. Film. Green.
0: Um, but if anybody doesn't know the plot, I mean, if you don't know by now, it's you get like I think there's six or seven of them. They're invited to this this mansion or this house for this dinner. Um, Mr. Body is the host, or so they think, and he ends up, you know, winding up dead. Somebody kills him. So they it, it, spend the rest of the movie trying to figure out who killed Mr. Body, but it's such a funny movie, dude, I I just, I love it. I think it's the fact that they played off of the board game and were able to make a movie like this. it's, it's, It's one of those movies that, at the time, I just think, again, it was just misunderstood because it was ahead of its time, and it's got multiple endings, too, which is pretty cool. Like, how often do you have a film that's released, I mean, looking back at the 80s, with multiple endings? Uh, and I think there's like three or four different endings, which is cool. So it's amazing that they shot all those endings, um, and and have those available to see. So that that's that's really cool. Um, I'm just a fan of of that. I just think it was, uh, I don't know, just something unique, just something different. So that's my pick for, uh, or I should say my what's that second pick, which is Clue. Yeah. I would highly recommend checking that out. Just a f- super fun movie
2: so i remember the the vhs we had the vhs of clue growing yeah. up and i and i'd seen i don't i gotta watch it again dude i just remember a while. vaguely yeah i remember mm. the the whole premise like where you were described at the end of it where there's like multiple endings it was mm-hmm. it doesn't even say like this is ending a this is ending b like kind of notates which end i, I, I gotta watch mm. it again um but yeah i had the vhs of it i don't know what the hell happened to it <laughs> but we had it growing yeah. up
0: yeah, and I remember, I think I remember from like, I don't know if it was like the VHS or the DVD, but I think there's three endings. And I think the way it goes is it, it shows the first ending and then it shows the second and third endings uh, subsequently on the DVD or, or whatever format, which is cool. Um, I'm, I'm probably thinking of the VHS because I'm almost positive because I had the Blu-ray version of this from mm-hmm. years back. And I'm pretty sure on the Blu-ray, you can choose. Um, I don't know if you can choose it, or you can I think there was a setting that you could actually randomize the endings, which is super cool. That's cool. So oh, that's you know, cool. Every time you watch it, you can just pop it in and it'll give you a different ending. So um, yeah, again, I mean, some people could look at that and say it's gimmicky, but I don't know. I, I like it, dude. I just think it's unique and I'm a fan of Tim Curry, big fan of uh, Lee Ving. Uh the few acting performances that he's had i just think he's like an interesting character right but i'm also going off of my knowledge of him as kind of this punk rock uh personality as well you know being in the band fear on uh, having a history with that and fear is like notorious i think they got like kicked off of snl for like <laughs> trashing the set of snl so there was this whole like personality behind leaving that i was curious about so it's just one of those movies that i think I just go back to every now and then. So I'm super excited to have the 4K. I'm, I'm glad that Shout decided to put that out. So, um, yeah, definitely worth checking out Clue if you guys haven't seen that one yet. I know, Gabe, you said you saw Chase. Have you seen it's, it? It's I just been. I
1: remember it, dude. Yeah, it's just <laughs> been a while. But whenever you said Jonathan Lynn, it actually made me start looking. Because, I, I mean, I need to go get the 4K. But I wanted to piggyback since you were talking about Jonathan Lynn and shout out mm-hmm. my cousin Vinny. Um, he did that movie. Mm. Oh, that, that's oh, a fantastic movie. That that's, that's, I love my cousin Vinny, bro. Yeah, just shout yeah. out that. Um, take people down on a nostalgia trip. But yeah, it's been um been a while since I've seen it. Like I, I'm pretty sure I had the VHS and stuff like that. Um, mm. it's been that long. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. But I definitely want to pick up the 4K. I heard really good things about it. I heard it was really well done. Um, but yeah, it's just been a while. Probably one of those ones I just need to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, the thing the about these cult movie. movies. Yeah, dude, it, it's it's like you guys are bringing me
2: down nostalgia. Like Clue, I mean I remember watching Clue, but it's like I don't I don't remember it like vividly, but it's so awesome that you know that these films get, you know, a second third chance whether it's Blu-ray, DVD now in 4K. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cool that you know you like other generations can hopefully watch them because it's it's like this movie, like you said, well, I think I could see how it's like maybe ahead of its time, where it's like you know you release this and it has multiple endings, and people are like, "What the hell's going on?" This is, mm. you know, especially what what was the year this came out? Was it like nineteen eighty something, right?
0: or eighty six? I think.
2: And I think in the eighties for sure. I think there was like I, I know like the seventies was a lot more kind of experimental. Sixties and seventies mm-hmm. was a lot more experimental in terms of the way they shot things. And I think yes. in the eighties, like the, like we just kind of fell into like almost like a convention. With like mm-hmm. action movies and tropes and just like the way things were playing out. So when you have a movie like Clue where it's like, you know, we're going to give you guys multiple endings. I'm sure that probably kind of threw people off a little bit just after watching yeah. so many movies in the 80s that were kind of very standardized in terms of their structure. So mm-hmm. I got to check that one out again, dude. I, I remember watching it as a kid, um, but it's been years. That's a yeah. good pick.
0: And it's weird, too, because, like I said, it's it's a mystery, but it's also kind of like a black comedy in, in, in a lot of regards. So I, I can mm-hmm. see that, again, like going back to like Big Trouble in Little China, I just think a lot of movies, particularly from the 80s, like what you said, Gabe, it, it, I think that was a perfect way to say it. Uh, the 80s became, in, in many cases, just a very conventional decade for, for mm-hmm. storytelling in terms of filming techniques. And so, you know, you have movies like this that are kind of going against the grain and doing something different, you know, they kind of fell out of place right and and yeah uh i think that's the case with a lot of these movies but i mean clue for me and and these are my kind of closing thoughts but um it was kind of my gateway i guess from a young age into like mystery movies right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know playing the board game and then watching the movie like oh this is kind of cool like you know Mm -hmm. the mystery films are actually kind of cool so that kind of got me interested in uh more so like caper films and and you know stuff like 10 little indians and stuff like that so clue was kind of like my my gateway to, to that stuff so you know it, it kind of holds a special place in my heart for that reason
1: so mm-hmm. yeah solid pick dude great one all right i think it's back to me again right Yep, it i is. think it's back to you chase so i actually have five options to talk about. I just, every time we go down there i just <laughs> he
3: just keeps coming so, up with
1: yeah he's, he's changing yeah, him yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I have to throw you guys this list balls. man i can't i can't be predictable but see, no there was is why so, there's a part three because we,
0: <laughs> because see, we keep I, I,
1: finding more movies it's just gonna run to my other monitor over here full of tabs mm-hmm. for movies to talk about so I'm yeah. struggling between. Okay, so he's I'm gonna He's actually go with got a one. second podcast after this, guys. After he's done with us, yeah, he it goes is. on. He's uh, you know, a whole secret podcast, podcast that, that we, we don't know about. It's just a private one. I like to listen to myself talk, so I just once you guys get off, I just private it and put it on there and listen to it myself. So I'm sure I'm gonna shout out this one, Soylent Green. I'm not gonna talk much about it, but Soylent wow. Green, shout out that one. Great movie, Soylent Green. That's a good people. one.
2: Soylent Green yeah. is people. <laughs>
1: that one's really good but what i decided to go with is i think this definitely fits in the cult category especially for what this director has ended up doing it did okay at the box office it didn't do clue it didn't do crawl you know what i mean it had a budget of seven hundred and seventy seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven. Sevens all across the board it made 2.4 million so still not a lot right This is actually George Lucas's very first movie. He turned it from a student film to uh, Mm -hmm. a feature-length film, but that is going to be THX 1138. Mm -hmm. Um, Gabe, you've seen it, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You like it? It's (laughs) not bad. Like honestly. (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely not like you know the george lucas
2: I, knew. I i actually saw it after i saw the star wars movies because i'm like what else has you this know. guy done and that's when i saw american graffiti and then i saw that and now it was like yeah. this is like this is out there but it, it's cool because it is it does show kind of george lucas you know he he doesn't fall because the star wars movies are kind of conventional in a way we just talked about convention but i mean at the same time they're not either because they're so different and so new and so fresh but this is definitely you can see that he's just a film fanatic and he really does like kind of experimenting and trying different things Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it it falls in the category um for anybody that hasn't i'll just read like uh, the on the wiki the first uh plot line of it really describes it without going to spoilers but in, in a dystopian future, sexual intercourse, reproduction are all prohibited, and mind altering drugs are mandatory to enforce compliance among the citizens and to ensure their ability to conduct dangerous and, demand and ta- demanding tasks. Emotions and the concept so- concept of family are taboo. And to go further into that, like they they can't have relationships. They can't. They all shave their head. You know, they have these tags to identify themselves because everybody's meant to look the same. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why I wanted to shout this out is because while in and of itself, it's a good movie, it's not great. But that is a movie that I think if anybody just took the premise of it and ran with it, we could have an all time classic. You know what I mean? And that's not to take away from THX 1138. It was somebody it was George Lucas's very first movie. I just think that like if he had even just a little bit or even um, if he pulled an Alfred Hitchcock, I believe it was the man who knew too much um where he went back and remade his own movie after he had more money and more fame Mm. (laughs) you know george lucas had went and did that i think that would have been awesome there's a very good idea here um same thing with like soylent green soylent green's very slow up until the last 25 minutes i think if it was a movie as classic as that is But if somebody went back and remade it and expanded on what's given there, I think that you have something like those are, to me, that's when a remake is warranted, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a cult movie like those two and you have such a good idea, but it wasn't expanded on. And if you have the right minds, like um, Suspiria 2016 is a great example, right? It's not necessarily a remake. It's an homage that expands on the universe, right? Um, That that's appropriate, but I absolutely adore the movie. It's not like one of my favorite movies of all time. I just, absolutely love the premise of that movie more than the execution you know yeah um it's a very very solid movie don't get me wrong the acting is very solid um but it's really just the premise it's it's like the purge the purge has such a great premise about it (laughs) but this one's better than the purge don't don't get me wrong the purge never fulfills its own prophecy if you know what i mean um this one definitely does but this yeah. one reminds me of a, of that one movie, Will, that you had brought up.
2: Um, I think it was the one with Christian Bale when we were talking about the early 2000s. The Gunkata? Yeah, which one was uh, that?
0: Equilibrium. Yeah. Equilibrium. Yeah.
2: Isn't this kind of like a similar pre- like premise too where it's like there's kind of an authoritarian government or police force and it's like you cannot feel, you cannot have emotions?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say the inspirations for both of the films are very... I guess we can—and even for George Lucas, because, I mean, we got to think about this, too. I think THX 1138 is an interesting film to look at as far Mm -hmm. as what George Lucas has done because, you know, he would obviously go on to do Star Wars, which are much more, like, you know, family-friendly—not family-friendly, necessarily, but more digestible to a general audience, more of those, like, giant, like, space adventure opera movies, whereas— um, this one's much more reserved. It's much more, I guess we could say intimate, but it's, it's a lot darker in terms of the subject matter as well. Mm-hmm. I would say it's like much yeah. more inspired by something like, uh, like George Orwell or something like that. Yeah. So,
2: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And I guess in terms of that, uh, equilibrium kind of, I guess they're cut from the same cloth as far as that's concerned in terms of that, like more of a, like Orwellian, like authoritarian type of society, you know, where, uh you know, everybody's got a number or a name tag or something like that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say they're similar in a lot of regards in, in that aspect.
2: That'd be cool if he did, like you said, Chase, if he went to kind of revisit this and read, I hate to say like redid it, but like kind of, you know, obviously I'm sure like the resources he had at the time were limited and he just couldn't, you know, maybe really fulfill what he wanted to do at the time, but um, I I, I kind of when you were using that analogy, I keep thinking of um, Coppola because he's doing something right now, isn't he? Kind of He's using his own funds for like a personal project of yeah. his. Like it's like mega something. I forget what it's called. Megalopolis. Mega I, Dude, I can't. It's a tongue twister for me. Megalopolis. <laughs> I can't freaking say it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, that'd be cool. I would love to see George Lucas do something like that now that I mean, obviously he's he's loaded after Star Wars. So it's yeah. like if he did do something kind of more in the you know, film kind of exploration stage, which I think he still kind of would be willing to do, but I, I just don't know if he's willing to put himself out there anymore. After Star Wars, that is. You no,
1: know that I mean, it would I don't know. I just I don't think George Lucas is ever gonna do anything other than sit on his throne of money. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Skywalker Ranch. He doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't Every time need he to do a anything. finger. He just he made them like I will arguably say he made the most successful franchise of all time. You know mm. what I mean? There's, there's mm-hmm. no competition, merchandising funds, everything like that. Like just the way that it keeps rocking and rolling. Like you, uh, you, you could just make Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, and you're gonna make millions of dollars off that. Twitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, it's just there's nothing that even comes close to that. You know. Um, but he's also very knowledgeable, though.
2: I mean, when you hear him talk, I, I saw an interview with him. I, I don't know if it was him, Christopher Nolan, and Quentin Tarantino. I don't remember, but like it was, it was George Lucas talking to kind of some modern directors and. Um, he loves film you can kind of tell this guy is very passionate about like film and you know he's like yeah. going in depth on kurosawa and freaking stanley kubrick and just a whole bunch of like 1950s 1940s films that i had never heard of um mm. so he, you can tell he's very passionate about film but like what you said chase yeah. it's like i'm wondering why it doesn't translate into him making another movie but maybe it's because you know, the motivation isn't there anymore. Who knows? I know Star Wars took a lot out of him. I think he, you know, yeah. whether it, it it was the reception, the fan base, whatever, a mixture of va- variables. But I think it just took a lot out of him. I and mean, I don't know if that kind of robbed him of his passion of making movies.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And that's like really, really well said. And I mean, because I mean, he didn't direct any of the Indiana Jones. He was just like a major producer on that one. Right. Yeah. Um, But didn't he do Red Tails? It doesn't say it on Wikipedia, but didn't he do that uh, Red Tails movie? I don't know if he like like executive produced it. Let me see.
2: I, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, the one from 2012. Because I, I was just looking at the filmography. It's just Star Wars, American Graffiti, and Howard the Duck.
2: Yeah, it says John Ridley wrote a screenplay. Additional. additional material was shot the following year with executive producer George Lucas as director. So... Was he considering coming back? I don't know. I mean, it, it was a Lucas film; it was produced by Lucasfilm.
1: Maybe that's why, because I remember him advertising the living hell out of that movie. Man, I just I just remember yeah. like whenever they were coming on, um, it's like well, like what we were talking about on our Conan review pretty recently, those like little behind the scene ninety minute featurettes, like that would go on mm-hmm. like E and everything like that because the Conan set came with those. I remember those for that, and George Lucas. So I'd be like, oh, a new George Lucas movie, you know? Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he did pretty good on yeah, eleven thirty eight. But I mean, if you're sitting on that fat of a cash and her on directed features, all you made was eleven thirty eight. American Graffiti, Howard the Duck, and Star Wars one. All of those like that's mm-hmm. just wild, just crazy yeah, nuts. Yeah.
2: Kudos to him, though, because even though it is a conventional like it is a conventional kind of, I guess, like Star Wars falls under convention at the same times, it's it's not, though, because it's like so yeah. quirky and weird. Like when it, I mean, I always try and picture myself like in that decade when. Star Wars came out, you know what I mean? And they're on Tatooine in that bar with all these weird creatures. And you're just like, what the hell am I watching? (laughs) Like, what is this? It's a really weird experience. Now it's so normal to us just because I think it's been embedded in pop culture and everything. But um, when it came out, it was very different.
1: It took a lot of inspirations from Dune. Once I finally got a hold of that series and Mm -hmm. read the book, like uh with the weirding way and everything like that, like the, the shouts, shouts and the everything, but way, yeah. instead of it being your voice and just stuff like that. Apparently Frank Herbert, the um writer of Dune, yeah. he had an issue with that back in the time. That 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 that's a whole podcast episode for another time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know about that? Like he tried no. uh, as far as I'm aware, he tried to sue them and like had issues and was very vocal about that. Like that a new hope was essentially Dune. You know what I oh, mean? Correct. And I don't disagree because, to a degree, it was. You know? I'm almost
2: done with uh, finishing the book. Like, dude, I think I have like a hundred pages left. I need to. It's really good, man. Finish it. It's a good book. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. But yeah, I can kind of see the the similarities. I think the only difference is really tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there, there's there's a different tone in in between the you know the, the content in that. Yeah, world, you know, yeah, for Dude's sure. Dude's a
1: very very dialogue heavy, you know, mm-hmm. with some action in there. Even the Denise movie had a little bit of too, like more action, drawn-out action.
2: As yeah, than know, the, what's in the book. book. Yeah, yeah, 100%.
1: Yeah. But we'll save that for our future Dune episode that might or might not be dropping in the future. Dune. Uh, it's going to drop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I already got my tickets. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Um, So this is, oh yeah, so number three, right? We're on number three. You got it. Um, I think, yeah, last one was Blade Runner, guys um this is just a movie that i know well didn't you say jay i remember in our earlier episodes you had said either you you rewatched it again you liked it or you still just it didn't resonate with you whatsoever no he
0: still doesn't like
2: it no it's over it's the overrated
0: movie remember wow man uh,
2: overrated movies and i chose that for my overrated yes that's that was the episode i was talking about my bad i thought you had said you'd watch it again recently dude. like how do you hear like freaking uh roy's uh monologue and think like it's like not one of the greatest it's, like written
1: it's good but it doesn't redeem the rest of the slow paceness of the movie for me oh, the, the God, set design's dude. really good and everything but
2: <laughs> yeah it's so yeah, yeah I, I didn't know a lot of the history about like i've always loved the blade runner but i've interestingly enough never like got into the history of like its development and its release and i think will had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that it just wasn't i think it didn't it didn't do well box office wise and it was like critically kind of polarized when it came out Mm-hmm. which is kind of mind-boggling to me man just cuz i mean I, I obviously saw this movie way later but it's 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 such a freaking masterpiece in my opinion man just everything from the the re- the concept of like replicants to you know the philosophy of like what what does it mean to be human um it's just a freaking gorgeous movie man and it and it's mind-boggling to me like i guess from a retrospect perspective that this came out and people were like eh, i don't i don't get it or I don't understand what he, Ridley Scott was trying to do. I mean, this is, to me, still probably Ridley, Ridley Scott's best movie. Like, probably tied with Alien, if I had to kind of pit those against each other. It's just, I, I really appreciate Blade Runner's kind of introspect in terms of kind of the human condition and what it means to be human. I think that makes it Trump Alien. But this movie is just everything. I, it's It's a masterpiece, in my opinion. It's hard to kind of even critique this movie just because I love it so much. Um, and it That's hurts my mean. heart that Chase, <laughs> <laughs> Chase can't. Uh, uh, yeah, man, it, it's crazy. I, I thought this would be like right up your alley. It's, I did it's, too.
1: It's I, mean, I'll, I I'll I'll marinate on it for a few years, watch it, and then watch me change my mind. But then I'll laugh oh, at myself. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah it's just que- i mean
2: maybe and that's a generational thing i know with a lot of these movies we're talking about how you know in that kind of like what we just said with clue will where it's like you know in the 80s that comes out and people don't understand it i think blade runner is probably the same thing this came out and people what, what was the release date for blade runner let me see 1982
0: release, 1982 but so, and again huge year because I, I think it was in line with um the thing and and in et and and i think conan was released that year conan the barbarian was released that same year
2: yeah Um, and it was another kind of i mean using that that example of the you know the 80s being a much more conventional like mm. era i I definitely think this kind of broke convention for sure because it's just kind of you know you have the the quote-unquote antagonist of the movie almost like turning I hate saying turning good at the end, but kind of, you know, mm-hmm. him delivering that monologue and helping him out. And and it it it's not that kind of like good guy, bad guy, good guy wins kind of deal. And I think maybe that's yeah. kind of where it really didn't resonate with audiences. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I freaking love this movie, dude. I Masterpiece. Mean, I,
0: I understand what Chase is saying with the slower pacing, because I, I can understand maybe that's why audiences didn't um, – mm-hmm take a liking to it because I mean this this is not a straight up science fiction action film it's much more of a science fiction it, it, I mean it's I guess we could say I mean it's a film noir but it's more like future noir you know yeah um, it, it is much more slower paced I mean it's much more character focused it's much more story focused than it is um, in terms of action but I mean there's still incredible set pieces I mean the special effects and the costume design set design are all absolutely incredible um, and we talked about this. I think when we did our our overrated, overrated underrated, underrated picks, you know, mm-hmm. it's some of the same talking points that we're kind of going back to. But it's weird with the release, Gabe, because I, I I don't know who produced this. I forget, but I remember reading that they released this in June, which I'm pretty sure was the same. Hmm. Um, it was the, whoever put out uh who put out Alien. I mean, whoever. Um. Well, Alien hold on one second because I I remember reading that the production company wanted to release it in the same week or the same month that alien and Star Wars uh, Star Wars excuse me were alien
2: released. was 79 yeah and but they released it in
0: June because it was something to do with like they had success during that time of the year like during the summer season with mm. Star Wars and alien respectively. And so, oh, gotcha. um, they decided to throw out Blade Runner around the same time, but you know, unfortunately, it, it just it had a lot of competition. I think there was like a Star Trek movie out as well. I mentioned Conan the Barbarian. I mentioned mm-hmm. E.T. Um, The Thing was also in the running uh, that time. I think that yeah. thing was June as well. I think we talked about that on the last episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously that affected the commercial success, but yeah, I just think again, it, it's another movie that was in some cases just misunderstood by audiences as well. I, I think it got mixed reviews from critics, from what I remember. It wasn't, like, totally um panned, but... It wasn't
2: panned, um, but it got really polarizing reviews from what I'm reading yeah. here. Um, yeah. and, and interestingly enough, I mean, we can even compare it to 2049, where, I mean, that really wasn't a box office success either. I think people no. were... You know, they were I think they were hyped to kind of get a Blade Runner sequel and they started kind of getting into Blade Runner and and maybe a lot of people seeing it for the first time. But I think mm. even when 2049 came out, it was kind of like I mean, I think uh Denise like it just kind of kept with the same tone of the first one and people yeah. maybe walked out of that too, kind of like, What what is this movie? I don't understand it. Um because mm. I think twenty forty nine was I mean, it's hard to I mean, I I'm I'm gonna always say Blade Runner trumps twenty forty nine, but I mean, I could see where people think that 2049 is better. I mean, it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a beautiful movie. Um, and in a way, that one's kind of become a cult film in a weird way, too. Um, I think yeah. it's definitely gotten life, you know, when it came out on Blu-ray and 4K and people kind of, you know, reflected back on it and said, this is like a really freaking amazing movie that just underperformed and just wasn't appreciated at the time when it came out.
0: It's definitely interesting to look at, too, in terms of the time frame, because, uh, again, I don't want to mention the thing again, but mm-hmm. it was released pretty much the same year, same month, I think, from what I remember. Um, if we look at the boom in home video, and you look at a lot of the movies that were released around this time period in the early 80s, a lot of those movies found success with the boom of home video. So it's it's weird, because you can almost look at all these movies that were released around the same time that weren't performing well theatrically. Yeah. They all found success uh, in the coming years, or I, I should say in the subsequent years uh, on home video. So, yeah, and Blade yeah. Runner, I'm assuming, was, was one of those films. I'm pretty sure it sold relatively well uh, on home video. So,
2: Well, it had all the different cuts, too. I mean, you got the... I yeah. forget how many freaking endings there are. Oh, I know God. that yeah, Ridley's, <laughs> Ridley's very adamant on the final yeah. cut being the final cut, but, I mean uh the, i actually like all the different endings man i mean I, i've seen them all and they're all they're all just unique in their own way i i do like the final cut a lot i think that the final mm-hmm. cut kind of just adds that kind of ambiguity to it um mm. but i mean all the cuts are are pretty phenomenal isn't there one cut that's not released though i don't, I don't remember
0: I don't I don't know for sure. So it's interesting because I remember there was it was one of the physical media releases. I don't know if it was Blu-ray. It was years back. It was like this big briefcase type collection. Oh, and I yeah. think it had several cuts on there, but I don't know if it included every one. And I'm that's what I'm remembering. And I remember at the time it being advertised as, you know, this is the definitive collection. You're going to get all the cuts of the film, mm-hmm. and, and it was crazy that it was like this giant briefcase edition of. It was like some the silver like briefcase with like the unicorn on it.
2: Yeah, um, I
0: think I remember that too. Or the or the Pegasus, whatever it is, on on there. So, um, don't you have like an
1: ultra premium back there on your shelf for Blade Runner? Me. No, I don't actually. I, don't really I thought you had not. Okay. No, I ultra, wish. An ultra premium, ultra premium. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: there's not just, just, just premiums. There's ultra premium. <laughs> ultra premium. <laughs> no, that was that that actually movie, that's yeah. actually the movie that got me into premiums. I actually saw like I think I saw the Manta release online, and mm-hmm. I was like, this box that looks fucking amazing. I'm like, how do I do this? And then people were like, you got to freaking go in a group buy and all this crap. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that like, box can't. that is freaking incredible, dude. And yeah, I see this uh this briefcase set that you're talking about. Well. Um, yeah. It it goes on eBay for like hundred twenty to hundred seventy bucks. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it includes all the different cuts. I, I I have to research it, but if it does, I wouldn't mind actually getting it. Um, it's a yeah. cool little collection. But yeah, I mean, I mean, right now we have the, I think it's the final cut that's on four K and that's Ridley's kind of definitive mm-hmm. version from what he said. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah. let As me Blade ask Runner. you this: I'm ex- I was curious because you said Alien. And uh Blade Runner, your two favorite Ridley Scott movies.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love Gladiator too. Gladiator's I was going to say, cover, I thought
1: Gladiator was your favorite.
2: Gladiator is definitely like it's up there, it's up but there. It, I think like Blade Runner is just kind of uh, Gladiator is like more to me. It's kind of even though it's a tragic kind of story, it's like more feel good. You know what I mean? If yeah. It's like you know at the end he kills the dude, and it's like you know it's a bittersweet yeah. ending, but it's it's very kind of straightforward. I think I like Blade Runner more just because the complexity of kind of the self-analysis of kind of like what it means to be human and then alien is just a classic fucking horror movie the effects in that movie are just mind-blowing um the practical effects so i it's between like alien and blade runner usually but gladiator is an amazing film too
0: i think in terms of the influence on the cinematic landscape and just pop culture in general blade runner like blade runner was studied you know in, Mm -hmm. in in in, in campuses across the country, you know, for for the questions that it posed regarding, you know, humanity, yeah. like the human experience, like what it means to be human. I mean, that it's just crazy how it it, it kind of kickstarted all these, you know, um, just all these discussions about that kind of stuff, you know. So it, it, I guess we can say it's renowned for that reason more so than 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 Alien. I mean, Alien's a great movie, but I just I think Blade it, Runners. <laughs> I don't know Blade Runner just had so much more of an impact on you know Mm -hmm. not only pop culture but you know the science fiction films moving forward I mean there's it's impossible
2: to not notice its influence you know in in the coming
0: decades after that so
2: yeah but that is Blade Runner guys that was my final pick um Will I think you got one more right yeah,
0: and so my last pick is actually interesting. I mean, I was actually going to use Blade Runner to segue into it because mm. uh, it, it definitely draws in, influence from Blade Runner. But in terms of, you know, we just talked about movies finding uh, new life on, on home video. There's an interesting story with the following movie, and it's a movie that was released uh, more recently on 4K. Uh, in fact, last year we got a uh, 4K steelbook of it Um uh, and Actually, was it last year? Or was it 2022? Chase, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you back me up on this, but the movie I picked is Event Horizon, which is oh a 1997 yeah 1997. That's February 2022. Film. It was 2022. Two I'm, years you ago. You know what? I they're actually re-releasing that Steelbook. I think yep. this year. Yeah. Uh, there's a re there.
2: There's a reprint of it, wasn't there? Yeah, this it's month or next month.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. think yeah, it's it's coming up soon. It's in the next couple months. Um, I picked Event Horizon though because it's interesting. So there's a few things I want to say about this movie off the bat. Um, it's directed by Paul W S Anderson, and yep. if you guys are not familiar with him, he's the the reason Resident Evil exists as a film. <laughs> he's the reason uh, Alien vs Predator. Exists. Yeah, all those amazing, you know. Peak cinematic experiences in the Resident Evil film <laughs> universe I mean. exists yeah. uh, because of Paul W. S. Anderson. So he has been he's been gracing us with his presence uh, ever since uh, Mortal Kombat in in the mid nineties. But I will say, um, I'm not a fan of a, a lot of what he's done, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. But I, I think Event Horizon is the best film that he's ever made. Really, uh, I I think it's his best movie. I think it's okay. his best movie. I mean. That might not be saying much, you know, depending on how you view his other films, <laughs> yeah. but um, I just think this is a movie that, A, I think it's, it It probably has, in terms of, like, 90s horror films, I mean, again, this is, it's a science fiction horror film, it's just as much of a, a sci-fi movie as it is a horror film, but I think it has some of the creepiest imagery that I think I've seen uh, in a science fiction movie. Um. And the release of this movie, it didn't do well financially. I think it was a, it had a sixty million dollar budget and only ended up making like forty million or something like that. So it was considered a failure. I did not know this, but I was doing a little bit of research uh, while you guys were talking, and apparently the the production was actually rushed. Uh, Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it was was rushed by the. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just very troubled. They had a lot of issues. It was rushed by the studio. Um, I guess the original cut of the film was was very heavily edited uh, due to the studio's demand. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a commercial and critical failure. Uh, it says here forty-two million, so I was pretty close. I said forty, I think. So sixty million dollar budget. Um, but it ended up doing so well on home video, the DVD release. Uh, the sales were so well, they they did so well that Paramount actually reached out to him. Uh, to start working on a restoration of all the footage that wasn't used to to come out with a second cut of the movie. Um, but I just, I love this movie, dude. I think it's one of those movies that doesn't fall into, like, the typical science fiction, you know, cliché that was established by earlier films like Alien and then the subsequent films that followed. I think Event Horizon is just unique. It kind of does its own thing. It's much more of a, I guess we could say it's more of a psychological Film as well as it is like a straight up uh, kind of like blood and gore film, but I just think the imagery. Um, we talked about Blade Runner and in, in the the imagery uh, in that movie. I think Event Horizon does that really well. I just think it's so unique uh, in its presentation, um, and you can see its influence today in games like I mean games like Dead Space, for example. Yeah. Like I don't know if you guys have ever played Dead Space. When mm-hmm. I played Dead Space, it it made me think of this movie. Like Dead Space is in i guess an incarnation of event horizon uh in a video game format so um just a just a great movie dude just one of my favorites of that time period and the fact that it was released on 4k got a 4k steelbook uh, as chase said uh 2022 yeah it looks fantastic some of the effects are are somewhat dated but overall i think it's a solid movie dude and and frankly i think it's been reevaluated today i think people have much more of an appreciation for it today than they did and and even today i still think it's one of those movies that's not talked about enough so that that's my pick i don't know if you guys i i you've seen it chase i, don't know I have if not seen, seen it, it
2: nope I think I've, I've been wanting to it out. see it just because i do like you know kind of space horror kind of stuff and i mm-hmm. I, I, I think when that steelbook came out um everyone was getting it and everyone was just you know high praise for the movie now. so yeah. yeah i do want to watch it i'm curious but like you said at the same time it's you know paul ws anderson and <laughs> mm-hmm. he's he's one of those guys that i you know anytime i see his name i'm kind of hesitant yeah. but i mean it seems this is gonna you know this is kind of you know the the jewel in his filmography so to speak um yeah. so yeah i definitely want to give it a shot it looks interesting and the fact that it's space horror alone i'll probably watch it is it on Tubi
1: is the question, if it's on Tubi.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question. <laughs> yeah. well, let's find out real quick. I'll watch better it.
1: The dice. While you're looking that up, um, I've actually got a, a, a much different opinion on this because that director's cut never came out because uh, Anderson does not want to release it because he actually said that having to cut it and everything like that, he was actually fine with the way that it came out and he thinks that it was for the better of it with the mm. subliminal imagery and stuff like that with the way that like some of the more disgusting and disturbing elements like during a lot of the quick cut scenes and stuff like that whenever that would happen a lot of that was the cut footage just put through to get past the MPAA and how the studios wanted it chopped yeah i i i I want i want the full two hour and ten minute cut i don't want that hour and 36 minute cut because knowing what it like i i I like space horror um you think this would be a movie that's meant for me with everything in there um you said it perfectly it's pretty much dead space right um so it, it it's a match made in heaven but man i wasn't the biggest fan it, it's good it's like a six out of ten a, a serviceable three out of five but i wanted to love the movie more for what i heard right i heard it was terrifying yeah. i heard it was this but no it's just it's a space opera you know what i mean a space horror yeah. opera you know um it's essentially his take on alien to a degree right with a lot right. more sci-fi into it but yeah i mean very solid pick very solid movie nonetheless but i wanted to like that movie a lot more than i did I wanted it to it to be like a masterpiece in my eyes because it had the potential to be. It had a very original yeah. story.
0: And see, I agree with part of that, but I think where we differ is like when. So when I look at it, I mm. look at it and say, I, I think it avoids a lot of the like the typical, I guess we could say, the space monster stereotypes yeah. or tropes that we're used to seeing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it actually does a good job of kind of separating itself from that, which I think is why I appreciate it a little
1: bit more uh, than yeah. some of the other.
0: You know, I guess we could say contemporary films. Right. Of, of that genre. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stand on it. But
1: no, that's valid. I can understand that for sure. And yeah, um, just the whole aspect of it. Yeah. It, it's just a very wholly original um, screenplay. It really is. Mm. It's very, very solid, very, very good, very well made. Uh, I, I just, man, we need to do an episode on MPAA massacring our our movies. <laughs> Destroying that's a whole the obscene. films. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just I just let it go out. You know what I mean? Just when it's over let's...
2: the dumbest stuff, too, man. I mean, like, I know I'd mentioned yeah. this before, but when I saw that uh, documentary on Taxi Driver and how just, you know, Martin Scorsese changing the 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 color grading on the blood got him the R rating he needed, like that's all he needed to do. It's, <laughs> it's just so freaking ridiculous, yeah. man. Yeah, it's yeah. that's crazy to me.
1: No, I and agree. Gabe,
0: I, I, you might appreciate this. This is the last thing I'll say about Event Horizon. So there's a scene. You've, I, Chase, have you seen Interstellar yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sold okay. Gabe. Thank uh, God. I had. Remember, I had like three <laughs> copies of the Steelbook. Yeah, Best you Buy, sold me one of the steel books. Yeah. Yeah. Best Buy sent me three <laughs> copies of that. By the way, when I ordered one, when that when mm-hmm. that came out, so Gabe found out I had yeah. one. <laughs> I
2: was he like, was like, "Please."
3: Hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a so I don't know if you guys
0: remember I'm sure Gabe, I'm sure you will, but the the scene in Interstellar where they, they're kinda illustrating how the wormholes work, how they mm-hmm. function. Yeah. That whole scene is kind of taken from um Event Horizon. There's a similar scene in Event Horizon where they, they kinda use uh you know, he explains how wormholes work to some of the other crew members. So mm. uh I thought that was kinda neat that Nolan uh threw that in there. It's kinda like a little uh little homage, so to speak. So that's cool yeah
2: yeah yeah i gotta Just check it out i mean it sounds game. it's interesting for sure i definitely want to check it out and the the hype it was getting when that steelbook was released i mean it seems like a lot of people enjoy it so if it did you, was it on tubi will i was gonna say but is it on Tubi? yeah but is it no, oh it's, no it's on mgm it, it might plus be a little while like, then I'm paying for i <laughs> watch
3: it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's on mgm uh, plus it's whatever minute, that is it's mgm yeah. is streaming isn't mgm owned by amazon now yeah, why don't you just on Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, yeah just, I don't just understand. put it on Prime. What's the point of an MGM Plus subscription? I don't is, dude, is, I even know that, that existed. That? Yeah, I don't I
2: understand. Well, is it just a Prime crazy, add-on? Man? I you don't know I, is Prime isn't Prime on, charging for for like or like they have like an ad tier a free ad tier now or something? Ad-free like tier. You have to pay ad for I mean, no yeah, ads. Man, the this feature we're getting on Google. It's just how ridiculous it is with streaming
0: right now. Yeah, mgm it's... plus you can get it with a subscription it's also on paramount plus it's also on amazon prime video it's on a youtube prime time
2: subscription it's on i mean you what... said it's on paramount plus though or it's on paramount plus uh, i'll plus, just supposedly let me steal let me my brother's password for paramount plus <laughs> yeah no they
0: it's on paramount plus okay they have it on paramount i'll watch plus it there
2: so. yeah yeah i mean we, we should probably yeah. do another episode on that too man because i feel like some of this streaming shit is getting kind of it's getting bought lately. Like I, like honestly, I, I think a lot of the times I'm just like very tempted just to buy the movie. Like it, it's like like Event Horizon. I mean, it. I with the hype it was getting, I would maybe just blind buy it. Or even right now, well, that, that movie I, I really would. want to see it, dude. Uh, Past Lives, the one that you had mentioned in your top. Top yeah. five video. I saw the Blu-ray for like seventeen bucks, and then I was going to rent it online, and it was like six ninety nine or something or so. It was some ridiculous price to rent it. I'm like, I might as well just buy yeah. the damn Blu-ray at that at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabe, I would actually pay attention to that Blu-ray because that's been on sale for like nine ninety nine. Dude, I was so now.
2: pissed. I saw, I thought it was like I was literally buying it. Like I was in the process of buying it, and the price changed. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> so as I was buying, I was so pissed off and I'm, i've been That's so tempted I it's at face. it's at zia records <laughs> like for like 17 bucks or 16 bucks or something and i was like i might yeah. just buy it just because i've heard phenomenal things about it and i really want to see it Uh um, yeah, but yeah i mean like, i mean you'll like it for sure um it it's just a weird, it's weird when rentals are just so high. I mean, not all of them are like that. I mean, some of them you can still catch for like three bucks here and there. But it's like when you're going to charge me like six or seven bucks to rent a movie or those yeah. stupid, you know, like when they're still in theaters, but they're in digital and it's $20 to to rent. That's yeah, so lame, that, dude. It's like I'd rather just wait for the, the 4K when it's out. People that do that just have more money than cents. I that. know some people who do it, dude. It's mind boggling. <laughs> to me. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's yeah. I'd rather just blind buy it at that point. Yeah, even if it sucks, like I'm still making out where at least I have a copy there. There's a chance where I'll enjoy the movie and I can have the copy on my shelf.
1: The only time I did that was when Spiral was day and date streaming, or like you could do the video on demand and in theaters. And because I'm such a big Saw fan, I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never paid twenty dollars to rent something day and date again since uh, about day one yeah. in theaters. <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't want to go to the theaters.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we could do an episode on that too. Cause I feel like some of that streaming stuff is getting bonkers now because Netflix is raising their prices again too. I just heard that like, it's uh, a Andy, at this point. dude, <laughs> just buy your movies just and buy TV them. shows. It's just so much easier at this point. Yep. All right. Well, everybody
0: said we were crazy, you know? Yep. yep. All my friends look at me like, dude, why do you, I don't get why you still buy movies. And now those same people are <laughs> like, oh, hey, uh, do you have this? Do you happen to have this title? I'm, I was hoping to. I want to tell my
2: family does, bro. They all ask me. It's like, you did know? you buy this movie? Did you buy this movie? So we could yeah. watch it because everything else is yeah. so expensive. Yeah. So, all right. Did you guys have any uh, honorable mentions for the cult films before we uh, tune out?
0: uh did we want to talk about evil dead i know that was one that we were discussing uh in the yeah i had it on my
2: list too but i didn't know if we're gonna do a part three i feel like that deserves kind of more time Mm -hmm. to talk about it at least for me uh yeah Yeah. it's kind of more i I think evil dead like when you think of like yeah like rocky horror picture show and like evil dead are like my ideas of like when you think of a cult movie um so uh, I probably want to talk about that one later, but we did have evil dead. I, I had memento as like an honorable mention. It, it just felt kind of weird. Cause I, I, I guess it is a cult film, but it's, it's not to me. I, I don't know. I'm kind of in that hmm. weird. It's Cause you think about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> the forefront of my mind. all the time. <laughs> have you seen memento chase? <laughs> of course, it's that not. stack not. on his television, no, bro, must be freaking no. huge, man. Yeah, it, you
1: oh, know God. what? I don't have support beams in my house. I just have. He actually, yeah, he uses the house.
2: stacks
0: of physical. I was gonna say that's actually oh, what shit. the TV is
1: sitting on. It's just a stack of fucking 4K no Blu-rays. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> that's why when he does his reviews, it's just like on the bookshelf there. He doesn't want to like pan out and show like <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. doesn't want anybody um, to right. see the living the situation over there. It's getting pretty intense. <laughs> So it's getting uh, it's getting dire <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man that's good but yeah i mean i had mementos an honorable mention i mean i don't know maybe next time i just don't know i'm like 50 50 with that movie i know it's gotten mm-hmm. kind of like a cult fan base uh, as time went on but also i mean it's a pretty popular movie i feel like it was pretty well received when it came out it wasn't you know yeah. doing crazy numbers but i
1: don't know maybe next time we can talk about it yeah, I, the only one I'll really throw out because the rest of the ones I have up here on my tabs are um, ones I could go into detail about. This one, most people know it. Um, 12 Monkeys, Bruce Willis, mm. uh, Brad Pitt. Um, I think I haven't seen everything Brad Pitt's been in, but that's one of the best performances in a movie by an actor I've mm. ever seen by Brad Pitt. He's just mm. wall. He's just crazy, you know? Um, but yeah, that's a great movie. Love it. Disappointing transfer by Arrow. One of their few and far betweens.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that had some issues, didn't it? I uh ended up yeah. Did they do a replacement program for that?
1: They did, they but it was so that. short. They, yeah. the window was so short. But yeah, Twelve Monkeys is great. And I heard the TV show was good too. Oh, I didn't know the TV it. show. That's yeah. Hmm. I never watched it on sci-fi.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of Terry Gilliam.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's really, really
2: solid. Cool. Well, I think and Will, did you have any honorable mentions you want to?
0: No, I think that's it. I mean, that this is a pretty solid episode. I think we definitely do a part 3 down the line. Um mm-hmm. once you two schmucks decide to
2: watch Fear and Loathing
0: in Las Vegas, <laughs> we'll we'll come back and do part 3.
2: Yeah, and so. a big trouble little China. And yeah. 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 No, Will's no, going to be like loathing, we can't think... we can't do part 3 unless you watch those two movies. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be in the
0: uh that'll be a prerequisite for
2: that. That sounds good to me, man. Cool. awesome well we appreciate you guys as always for tuning in um and just like last time uh, feel free to drop some comments below and let us know any other cult movies that maybe we missed out on or we could talk about for part three um yeah until then guys we appreciate you and we will catch you on the next episode
1: thank you so much everybody <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know (laughs) what to say to that.
2: (laughs) We'll we'll leave it on that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at that. That's
1: all, folks.
2: See you. (laughs)